Hi, this is James Shelk. I'm host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews, and tonight it's all about the merch. So sit back, relax, and let's Geek Fest begin. Part of what is cool about being a webcomicer is that, well, you get some interesting business opportunities. Not the least of which is, well, the webcomic itself. A lot of people want to take the web from just being a really nifty art project and something you're doing for the portfolio and actually do something serious with it. And by serious, in this case, I mean make actual money from it. I don't care if you're trying to make a little bit of pizza money on the side, or if you're trying to actually pay off your bills, and you know which includes your mortgage or even your rent. So, we're going to try to show you how to take it to the next step. First off, tonight we're going to be dealing with Patreon, Kickstarter, or any of that. It's going to be a straightforward, we're looking at the merch. We'll also be showing you how to set your webcomic up as an actual business. Keep in mind, of course, that I want to do throw in the obvious caveat that I'm not a lawyer. So if you have any actual legal questions, get an actual lawyer and do the research. I'm just basically doing a quick summary to point you in the right direction. With that said, the first thing you're going to want to do is set yourself up with a fictitious business statement. What this is, is that it basically allows you to do business. In fact, a lot of newspapers call it DBA for doing business as... And it allows you to do business as the name of an actual business. In other words, let's say I want to do, you know, accept checks and otherwise be treated on paper as a webcomic called Zeb the Mechanic. Well, obviously what I would do is I would set either create a quickie company or I would actually go through and go through and, well, set myself up as Zeb the Mechanic as far as financials go. The first step is to fill out a fictitious business name statement with a local county or whatever. Here in California, we would set, go to the county and fill out the paperwork. And the next thing we do is pay to have a, what's called a doing business as statement read in a paper for four weeks. You know, obviously, we check to make sure that the, nobody else owned the name and then we'd actually run the paper ad. So... At that point, once the paper, the advertisement has run its course, at that point I can actually start doing business as, you know, say Zeb the Mechanic. Note that I'm not talking about changing my actual name. What I'm basically doing is saying, hey, this is what I'm going to be known as as far as whenever I do business. An important distinction. What this allows me to do is set up what's called a merchant account with a local bank. Having a merchant account gives you a whole slew of really cool advantages. So it's definitely worth looking into. Not the least of which is it means that I can actually accept checks and money orders in the name of whatever. And actually have those actually, nobody have a problem with it. So that is definitely an advantage. Also keep in mind that you might want to make sure that having a comic does not require any kind of business license. Since as a form of artistic expression, it falls generally under the First Amendment. A lot of places don't require that kind of business to actually run a, uh, or sorry, don't actually have you make you fill out the business license form. For example, if I were doing a newspaper, they would have to file a business license. But, say if I were doing you know, running a blacksmith shop or a restaurant or something like that, I would have to fill out a business license. So, make sure that before you 
fill out the actual fictitious business name statement that you actually make sure that you don't have to do a business license. Of course, if you do have to do a business license, so be it. Um, it is worth noting, however, that if you are going to be doing merch, that is, selling selling stuff, then at that point, yeah, you're going to have to fill out a business license. So make sure that you can actually do that from your house or from an office or however you want to do it. It gets a little complicated, but... General rule is sort of this. If all you're going to be doing is you're going to want to accept donations, that sort of thing, you're probably not going to have to worry about the business license. If you are going to be selling merch, even if it's through a third party, then yeah, you might want to look into the business license. So, but anyway, so that means the basic step here is you're going to be filling out the business license, filling out the petitioner's business statement, and letting the doing business as ad runs for however many weeks and that's how you have to do it here in California obviously your mileage may vary so keep that in mind alright so now your setup is a business and it actually took all of four weeks at the end of which by the way you make sure you set up that merchant account um, you know, while I'm thinking about it, you might want to look into setting yourself up as a corporation if you plan on going, expanding it all. Because there are certain advantages to setting yourself up as a corporation, but that's just a side note. For right now, just worry about the business license, the fictitious big name statement, and the DBA ad, okay? So, you set yourself up as a business. Cool. What are you going to do as far as what you're going to sell? Well, you have a number of options here. They're pretty much going to come down to are you yourself going to create the create the item or are you going to sell through what's called a print-on-demand shop. I heavily recommend for a webcomic that you go through what's called a print-on-demand shop or a site. The major advantage is that you... Well, print-on-demand simply works by a customer sees your shirt online, goes to the website, orders it, that site is responsible for printing it up, shipping it out, and making sure it gets to the customer in question. The major advantage here is that there's no real initial setup cost, and you don't have to worry about storage. I mean, backing this up a sec, let's say, for example, you decide to go for t-shirts. You're not going to have to print out, say, 100 t-shirts, worry about where to store those 100 t-shirts, and then if somebody orders a t-shirt, you don't have to go through, you know, packaging that t-shirt up, shipping it to the person to make sure it gets there. So with the print-on-demand shop, all that's taken care of through the site itself. Um, the two biggest and probably two of the best recommendations will be Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, and Cafe Press. Both of these have some really cool advantages, and they have a wide range of, of merchandise available. Your biggest problem would be end up being what merch to use and what not to use, and you'll probably end up going crazy on it, but that's fine. That's, of course, the other advantage is that you don't have to put your logo on 57 things and actually have them created. You know, if I want to do posters through... Cafe Press, I just simply send them the image file, and then anytime somebody orders the poster, Cafe Press will print it up, package it, 
ship it out. I'm good. I don't have to worry about having a couple hundred posters that may or may not sell. I know that every time somebody orders something from Cafe Press, it's because somebody's actually ordered it. Obviously, this is a major advantage when it comes to, you know, a certain level of fluidity. It means that I can do things from an apartment and not have to worry about, you know, moving around because there's so much junk cluttering it. Okay, obviously, you don't have to worry about junk cluttering it, but it's your junk. It's not, you know, 200 posters that you've got to figure out what to do with. So, that that is something to consider. Your other options, obviously, will be what they call drop shipping, and if you want to actually sell items that you yourself have created. Uh, drop shipping, I'm not going to get too much into, but look into it yourself. It sort of gets interesting. For the purpose of this podcast, it doesn't really matter. It's a really great way to make business, but it's not totally it's totally unrelated to webcomicking. I'm just mentioning it because a lot of people get into it, and it's sort of fun because it gives you some real cool... It's, got the same basic setup where you don't have to worry about having anything stocked but you become the person actually putting everything together and having to make sure it gets to the person it's a little complicated but worth looking into your other option obviously will be something like say etsy etsy's a really cool little site the what they do is they allow you to sell either art supplies or actual stuff you've created so if you do little cute little yarn puppets of your characters and you want to sell those off Go through Yessi. The you know, if you want to do statues, you want that you yourself create, or half a dozen other things. That, again, if you create it, you and it deals with your web comic, and you want to sell it online, I heavily advise going through Etsy. Yeah, you can go through the auction sets like Amazon, eBay, but there's just some really cool stuff about going through Etsy. It just simplifies a lot of the problems for you. So heavily advised going through it. But, let's say for the sake of argument, you've decided to go print-on-demand. Well, first off, let's take a step back and look at the advantages you're going to get from having merch. The biggest advantage you're going to have to do with merch is, well, making a profit. You know, let's get real. That's the main reason you're into this in the first place. The other reason, the other reason you decided we better slow this up is because when it comes to merchandise, there's also a certain degree of branding and fan base support that's sort of involved here. Obviously, with branding, you're going to want to get the fact that you have a webcomic out there and you're going to want to have it associated with certain images, so on and so forth. You know, if I've got Zeb the Mechanic, obviously I'm going to want to have pictures of Zeb out there as well as his supporting cast and any, well, really cool group photos, character poses, so on and so forth. I want to get the art out there so people know what Zeb looks like. And once I've got that out there, I've got something really cool that people can associate with a webcomic. And once they've associated with the webcomic, at that point, all these shirts and all this become, well, roving billboards. At that point, everybody to my site. And once I start getting increased hits, you know, obviously I can kick that into advertisement as well as into further merchandise sales. So... Branding, obviously, is a huge part of it. On the flip side, so is fan base support. I mean, let's get real. If you've got fans, they're going to want souvenirs, memorabilia, collectibles, etc. that have to deal with the webcomic in particular. They're going to want something that they can 
I mean, yeah, having a desktop wallpaper is good. Having something on the phone like a ringtone or, again, a wallpaper is cool. But they're going to want something they can actually feel, something that's tangible. That's where your merch also comes in handy, is making those fans happy when it comes to actually having something they can put on, they can wear, that they can look at. But as they really want to, they can go over and touch. You know, they've got a tangible proof of, well, that they're a fan of Zeb the Mechanic. So, you know, that's not necessarily an entirely bad, you know, it's a great thing to have some merch out there to make the fans happy. Obviously, there's going to be another option which also allows you, when you have the merch, to actually set it up as prizes or giveaways. Um, even though a lot of people don't treat them as this, pretty much the same thing, you need to realize that you're dealing with two entirely different things here. The prize is exactly that. People do something, you reward them, it's a prize. It's a raffle, it's an art contest. You know, if I want to say, I want people to see me in fan art, I'll choose who's best, and whoever wins gets a t-shirt. That's a prize. It doesn't matter what it is, how minor, what you consider insignificant, or for that matter, how significant it is. If you want to give them a really cool USB drive, great. If you want to give them a t-shirt, baseball cap, pair of shoes, you know, or even bundle it with a poster, that's up to you. Ultimately, that's a prize for because they've done something, even if it's a raffle, in order to do that, to get that prize. However, we also need to look at things like conventions and if you actually end up selling the book. You know, in this case, at the convention, having, a, say, a jar full of relatively cheap keepsakes, like, say, I don't know, eraser toppers, or cheap refrigerator magnets, or what have you, that have your logo and your URL on them, are really cool. If I have a jar of buttons, even if they're like really cheap 10 cent buttons, you're going to have people pick them up. And once you pick them up, even if they, nine times out of 10, they're going to at least look at it and possibly wear it and at least look at it when they get home. If you're really lucky, they'll type in the URL, check out the website and fall in love with your webcomic. All this because you decided to go to a site like 4imprint and grab a whole jar full of, uh, you know, cute little buttons. And you can place the buttons with pretty much anything. I just advise something relatively cheap that you can throw your logo and a URL on. Um, you want to go USB drive? Fine. But keep in mind, the USB drive costs about 10 to 15 bucks a pop. So, if you want to go that way? Go for it. People will really be loving you. Of course, because you're you know, if I'm talking, say, versus a 50-cent button, that's 20 people that could have been advertised versus one. And if I start looking at things like jars, it's a lot easier to fill a jar with 10-cent, 50-cent buttons than it is $10 USB drives. So, consider that when you go to a convention. The same applies if you're trying to find a cute little giveaway if somebody decides to purchase a book. You know? If you're actually one of the crazy people who decides to hold books at your house and actually sell them over the net, fine. If you want to figure out something cute to put with those, like say, again, the button or some sort of sticker or something small, 
That's another giveaway item. They're really cool. They help build a little bit of fan base. It gives the fan a little bit of a collectible that comes with the so it's a really nice bonus. And let's get real. If you get a little extra prize with your uh, Apple Jacks, you know, or sorry, Cracker Jacks, yeah, um, allow me the occasional mess up, people. At any rate, look up Cracker Jacks. They used to have prizes. Actually, I think they still do. But, you know, look at it this way. If you received a book and you got, say, a sticker or your button or what have you, wouldn't you be, that little bit of extra make you a little bit happy, you know? Same is going to apply to your customers. So, yeah. You know, so it's something, just something cool to think about. So, um, of course, when we start talking this, the artist is going to start hating me, but hey, artists hate me anyway, so. At any rate, what you're going to start noticing is when you start looking at the POD sites is that you're going to start with a ridiculous amount of merchandise. The first question you should have is how much are you going to price this stuff for? And I'm going to be straight up, you want to place it for about 25% more than once, obvious, whatever the base price is. If you've got a $20 t-shirt, you're going to be wanting to press it for 25 If you've got a dollar, I don't know, $10 baseball cap, you're probably going to be wanting to look at about twelve fifty. I mean, yeah, you could probably go 15 but you have to sort of keep in mind that when you're pricing this stuff, you've got to look at two things. One, you've got to make a decent profit, and at the same time, you got to look at making this a wanted item versus a cheap item versus pressing it too high. You've got to find that really cool price point where on one hand it's not coming off as you know almost no profit versus pricing it out of anybody's actual price range. 25% usually puts you right about where you need to be. So Consider that. Keep in mind also that if they buy it as a single item, they're also going to have to be paying some sort of shipping usually, which usually comes down to about three to four bucks. It's obviously a lot more if they purchase a lot more items. And a lot of sites that if you purchase above, say, 50 to to $100, give you sh shipping for free. So, I'm just pointing out that when you price an item, you not only have to price it so people are going to buy it, but you've also got to offer a little bit of shipping in there. So, 25% above the base price. Yeah, you'll, you'll be hearing me say base, base price here. Why this is, is because the print-on-demand sites are a little bit more expensive than if you were to say, I say I want to take a poster to print off through Kinko's. Especially if I do it in bulk, I'm going to be saving a lot more than if I go to a print-on-demand site. Again, the print-on-demand site will allow for bulk, but the bottom line is that the print-on-demand site is a little bit more expensive than just going, say, through Kinko's. Of course, from my perspective, I'm not having to store a huge number of posters just in case somebody wants them, and I have no idea if they're actually going to sell. I'm also going to have to pay for printing off of those 100 posters or so. So, I'm basically, actually, I'm going to be paying a lot more for the privilege of going for a cheaper price. But, the, that's because the print-on-demand sites not only charge the base price for the item, they'll also mark it up so they make a profit, and they basically allow you to set the price past that. So, 
what I'm sort of looking at here is if they put a shirt out for like $19.95, that's their base price. Anything you make past that is your profit. And you don't want to get too crazy with it. Yeah, I know, I'm making it about as clear as mud. It basically comes down to the various items have a base price that's listed and you want to go about 25% above that. So, keep that in mind when you start looking at the items. The other problem with the items is that you're going to have to decide which ones you want. I mean, yes, you can theoretically put your art on every item they have on the store, but the problem you're going to have with that is that at that point you've created a situation where the, first off, a lot of it's superfluous. It's They're not really going to sell all that well. I mean, it's a great idea, but a lot of the items just don't sell all that well, depending on the purpose. On the flip side, you don't want to confuse who's ever looking at your catalog too much, you know. A huge number of shirts, fine. But you, you want to start debating some of, some of the items. In case you're curious, a lot of the items you're going to be wanting to look at will be clothing, shirts and magnets, posters, and calendars. And I quickly say this knowing that I'm going to tick off everybody who does art out there. And here's why. Well, first off, you're not going to want more than one shirt. The shirt, obviously, one of them will be with your logo, but you're also going to be wanting to do a couple of different shirts as well. Um, this applies to, if you're going to do hats, just having your logo, maybe the lead character is good. If they have a really popular character, great. You can also do shoes, sweatshirts. Yeah, you heard me, you can do shoes. They tend to usually be the equivalent of Converse high tops, but nonetheless, you want to do footwear, hey, you can do it. So, but you can do a lot of other clothing as well. Heck, you want to do ties, you can even do those. Um, sticker and magnets are also really good sales. Remember, when we're, ta when we're talking stickers here, we're not talking those sheets that you had to deal with as a kid. We're talking, you're getting a decent sized circle or square thing, bumper stickers, those kind of stickers. Uh, we're talking magnets. We're talking something you can actually put on your refrigerator. Again, these are also pretty good sellers because, you know, they're cute, they're lovable, and magnets obviously even have a practical value. But these are definitely some of the better sell sellers. Posters, always a good, always a good something, uh, especially if you've got a really cool something going on. You know, do up a cute little movie poster for your comic. Send in the file, have them printed out. They'll make some really good giveaway items, if nothing else. Calendars are a lot more complicated, but definitely worth putting time and the effort into. And I guess here's where I need to tick off the artist real quick. You have to understand, when I'm looking at ticking off the artist, it's not necessarily in a bad way. The problem is that you're going to have to be designing some of the art specifically for the goods you're producing. When we start looking at calendars and t-shirts, it becomes a little bit more obvious because with everything else, you can get away with the logo and maybe the lead character. If you have a popular character, hey, set him up as well. But the key is is that when we start looking at calendars, 
and t-shirts. Yeah, these are what we call the nightmare of the artist. At this point, remember, if you do have a Bible set up and you have all these really cool poses from your characters set up, you can, you know, make sure they're colored and you can put them on, slap them on a t-shirt. If you've got some group shots, that's cool too. Um, as you get going on the comic and you get some popular panels, you know, not necessarily whole comics, but just like occasional panels. I mean, obviously, if you've got a sing- your single panel gag strip or even a four panels comic, obviously you're going to be wanting to put that comic onto a t-shirt or even on a calendar. But we're also looking at the possibility of just having individual panels. Because sometimes the panel in and of itself will end up going viral. And if you can take advantage of that by slapping it onto a t-shirt or even on a mini poster, hey, it's good as gold. At that point, you're printing money. Obviously, this isn't something you should be counting on because the odds of a particular panel going viral are pretty rare. There's a lot of things that need to happen for a panel to go viral, but letting you know that if you do want to sell it, there are ways to take advantage of this. However, you're also going to be wanting to do actual art specifically for these things. You're going to actually want to do, you know, standalone art. You're going to want to do parodies of other things you've seen. Uh, an infamous one right now, and pretty much will ever be, will be the cover of Fantastic Four number one, where you've got all the characters and a huge bad guy right there in the middle. Yeah, everybody does this at one point. Don't be ashamed. Go ahead and do it. See what you can pull off with it. It's really simple. It's really familiar. And it's just sort of fun to do because it's so simple. The basic point here, however, is that you're going to want to do some sort of parody covers of various famous comic book covers. Or if you have, you know, or even just really famous drawings. The couple kissing. And yeah, if I really have to describe the sailor... And the woman after World War II, any more past that, you might want to just look it up. Because it's one arguably one of the most famous photographs out there. Um, another famous one is the flag raising at Iwo Jima. You start getting the picture real quick that there's a lot of really famous stuff that a lot of people tend to make, have a lot of fun making fun of or putting their own particular spin on it. That's fine. I mean, the flag of the Yojima has been used to raise the rainbow flag, for example. Or the peace flag. Or the particular flag of a particular nation that's in a comic book. You know? The key here is to just simply go ahead and have fun with it. We know you're going to do it. And it's a straight parody if you want to go out and have some fun with it. The other fun part is you're going to be wanting to do the dreaded holiday team shots. These are situations where everybody keys it into specific holidays or seasons or whatever and just simply has fun with it, you know. The characters playing football, the characters sitting down to a Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving dinner, the Christmas, everybody's handing out packages, the snowball fight, swimming in the pond, what have you. The bottom line is is that you're going to do, want to do a couple of holiday shots just for the fun of it. If you do, keep in mind that you need to rotate these in and out of the stock and you also want to throw up different variations of them. You don't want to just have the same, everybody goes to the you know, swimming hole and do it at that. 
you actually want to have some serious fun with it. So, when you start developing your merchandise, start having a lot of fun with it. Putting this back into the various items, not only do these make great t-shirts, especially if you don't set it up as specific, you know, you do, I guess, what you call the non-existent background. You have the swimming pool, you hold, you have the people jumping into it, you have trees, but you don't have any kind of clouds or anything like that in the background. You're also going to want to do these for your calendar, and the calendar is going to be a lot more complicated than a t-shirt. The calendar, you're going to want to do 12 to 16 shots. You're going to want to either have miscellaneous artwork from the webcomic, which can be some of your best panels, that's fine, or original art for it, which we'll get to in just a sec, or if you want to just simply have great panels from the webcomic. All of these are fine, dandy suggestions. A lot of these are actually really great fan favorites. What I'm looking at, however, is that you also, of those 12 to 16 shots, you may want to key in each one of those somewhere in the month and just have fun with it, you know? If you happen to have a March or April calendar, Easter egg hunt, you know? If it's June, everybody's graduating from school or, you know, you got a swimming hole shot. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of swimming holes, but that's just because, let's get real, it's a fun shot. Um, Fourth of July, you got all those really fancy fireworks. For a superhero comic, obvious. Um, Halloween, you got everybody can dress however you feel comfortable, and it can actually be used to expand on the characters a little bit. Well, actually, pretty much all this can, but Halloween, you can have a lot more fun with it. Um, November, football. Fall itself, because, I mean, even though fall began back in September, most people don't really associate September with fall so much. They associate more November. When, December, you start thinking more winter, and uh, more winter, more Christmassy, versus January, which is, again, more winter, but you've also got the advantage of having New Year's. You know, you get the idea, I hope you by now you get the idea, you want to key in these each individual month to a particular something and that represents that month and because these are actual full pieces of art it's not going to make the artist happy so I apologize in advance artist but it had to be done but the key here is that all those are your major things you know your magnets your stickers um, your calendars, your t-shirts, your other items of clothing, your hats, your ties, your shoes, so on and so forth. If I really had to throw something else in there, I'd just point out, make some notebooks. Because you can actually have a little bit of fun with some notebooks. You, if you want to go full bore and you really want to take off the artist, do a coloring book. Yes, you can do coloring books. There's a lot of sites that are actually set up really rather well for it. But, those are all the really suggested items. If I'm going to suggest items, obviously I'd better suggest some stuff to stay away from. When it comes to that, it's going to be your clocks, your aprons, your food items. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many sites offer those particular items now, especially as they're becoming a lot more popular. The only problem to keep in mind is that each one of them has their own major problems that are associated with it. Um, clocks are usually only a couple of designs that are being offered. And they're not really 
all that festive. They're really boring, drab, and even if you throw in, you know, your logo, however you want to do it, you're, or even a really cool character shot and take advantage of the fact that you've got, you know, you can actually do 12 individual little figures to point out the thing, you're only going to want one really interesting clock design, and unfortunately there's usually only a couple of actual clock designs available. Usually they're the circle version. So, it looks really nice, don't get me wrong, but it's not exactly a major seller. Aprons are another debatable item. If you if your webcomic is associated with cooking somehow, either that's the actual topic of it, you're infamous for throwing a lot of recipes into it, you know, somehow or another, your webcomic is associated with food on some level. You're going to actually want to do an apron. You know. But if you're not associated with food, don't do it. It's going to be a waste of time because this apron has to be set up just right. It's a lot more than just a really cool joke in your logo. It's got a lot more to it than that. So unless you associate with food, don't do the apron, or for that matter, any other cooking supplies. Yeah, you'd be surprised what's all available out there. Food items? Yeah, you can do a whole lot of fun with the food items, but unless you have a really good reason for doing it, I mean, you can do hot chocolate mixes, candies, brownies, so on and so forth. There's a lot of really great selections as far as food goes. <laughs> but unless you're associated specifically with food in some way, nine times out of ten it's going to fall sort of flat. I mean, admittedly a lot of stuff has been, you know, vetted for food allergies and all that, so you, that's not a problem, and it usually arrives, you know, it arriving so it's not rotting or looking bad isn't the problem. The problem is, is that it just not associates well with the webcomic, and that's something you need to consider when you consider merchandise. So, keep in mind you should be okay. Um, past that, however, you're going to basically just want to find stuff that you're going to, you're going to want to put merch on. And when it comes down to it, you can have a lot of fun doing the merch. There's a lot of stuff you can take advantage of when it comes to it and have a lot more fun with it. Um, again, it's... There are some issues you might want to keep in mind when it comes to doing merch, and there are going to be certain trade-offs that you need to debate. The biggest is that, well, like I said, the PO demand, print-on-demand, isn't is just one particular option. If you've just got there with a Kickstarter, and you decided, hey, I'm going to not just, you know, I'm not just simply going to have everybody available their own books, but I'm also going to make sure there's enough so I can print off some copies for myself. You can do as, and you don't want to store it at your house or even you know purchase a locker. You do have the option of what they call a fulfillment center. What this means is that you take or have delivered everything that you want to have shipped. And Amazon, for example, is really good about this. You can actually find a fulfillment center that'll help take care of a lot of this for you. The advantage of having a fulfillment center is that you can tell them how you want things shipped. And then they'll do that for you. For example, if you want just the book shipped, cool. If you want to include some sort of little collectible, like a button, 
or a key, you know keychain or something like that, they can include that in with the book as well. The major advantage here is that as long as they keep the books in supply, which means that every once in a while if your book is selling, you are going to get an invoice asking for more books, which is great. At that point, you're going to have to find a way to deliver or just take over a huge number of books to the Fulfillment Center. But the Fulfillment Center will take advantage of packing it, shipping it, and making sure it gets to where it needs to go. All you have to do is make sure they have enough supplies. Um, the obvious advantage to this is, again, if you decide to print out a huge number of books, you're good to go. If, on the other hand, you decide to go huge number of t-shirts, again, the advantage here is you don't have to keep this merchandise at your actual house. You don't have to worry about actually storing it. And trust me, 2,000 books is a major storage issue. You know, even for that matter, 100 books is a storage issue. I'll have to look around my room to point that out. But, you know, the bottom line here is, is that if you don't want to go print on demand and you've got the money to set it up, uh, you actually have the money to have things produced, a fulfillment center is actually a pretty good way to go. Other than that, the third option obviously is actually storing stuff and shipping it out as requested. The only problem with that is that at that point, yeah, this will be the ultimate cheap price for you. But that means that whenever you get an order, you're going to be the one responsible for packaging it, making sure it gets shipped, and that can be a major annoyance because it means the more you're doing this, the more you're actually tending towards the business, the more you're not doing other things relative to the business, like marketing it or writing it or drawing it or what have you. So it's really cool to actually get a really cool idea of what you have in stock because you can just look over and say, yeah, I think I can cover that book order. Except that in order to take care of that book order, you're going to have to drop whatever you're doing and take care of that as quickly as possible. Again, this is the advantage of dealing with either a print-on-demand or a fulfillment center. Of course, you can hire someone to do all this for you. Give the person a budget. Say, hey, go for it. But again, you're going to end up paying just as that person just as much as either fulfillment center will be for storage or for their services rendered. Or for that matter, you'll be doing the same amount as a print-on-demand shop. So it's not really all that really worth it to keep stock at house unless you're not really going through a whole lot of stock. So those are your three options. Summing all this up... You're going to basically, first off, want to set yourself up as a business. Uh, If you're going to be selling stuff like books, merchandise, or pretty much anything like that, you're going to be wanting to set yourself up through a business license. You're going to want to set yourself up, do a financial financial name statement, or doing business as statement, run the ad, and set yourself up with a merchant account. While you're doing all this, you're also going to want to sign up for what's called a tax ID number. This is so obviously you can be taxed. Um, if you're going to a POD or a fulfillment center, they'll actually do a lot of this. They'll deal with all the financials for you, so you can actually fill this out as an actual business later on in the year. Yeah, this. if you're doing merchandise, you're going to be paying taxes, depending. 
again, this is where you're sort of going to have to talk to somebody local to determine exactly what the situation is. Because a lot of places don't do internet taxes. Some places do taxes based on where you're physical residing at the time. So, but the key here is you're actually going to have to keep track of how much goes out and keep that in mind when you're pricing stuff. Yeah, I know it's drudgery, but you're you're a bit you're setting yourself up as a business. You're going to have a lot of drudgery that you don't like to do. On the flip side, if you're doing this well enough, that means that you're not just getting a little bit. Of, you're putting a lot of effort into it for getting a couple of pieces a month. You're actually paying off your rent, your bills, college loans, what have you. You're actually doing something really well, which is actually a real rare thing in the webcomic business. Most people, if they're lucky will be in the, I can get a Happy Meal. And they're really happy with that. You will be able to quit your regular job and actually start doing straight comicing. Or if you really want to, you can actually use this as to demonstrate that you've got an entrepreneurial spirit and you actually know how to run a business. Which is a major thing in and of itself. Um... So once you've got the business set up, at that point it's just a matter of deciding which merch you want to do and seeing what you can get your artist to do. Keep in mind that you're going to tr- keep in mind that your artist is most likely going to be doing this for free and is not going to be really happy about the sheer amount of work it entails. But if you can con the artist into doing so, hey, you'll have a major advantages. Uh, at the very least, instead of having like one or two t-shirts out there that are pretty much just relatively boring you'll have some really cool stuff going on. You'll be able to do a really cool calendar. Keep in mind, of course, that when you do have the merchandise, you can order your stuff, um, stuff for yourself and actually sell it locally. This means that those calendar shops that show up every September or so... Ooh, I just realized something I forgot. Calendars can only be sold, have to be sold by September, preferably no earlier. Uh, a lot of people will... This is one of the reasons you start seeing them in September is because that's when they get sold. A lot of people try to get their calendars taken care of before the holiday season is taken care of, but at the same time, they don't want to worry about them too early. So therefore, you need to have your calendar set up by September. But if you can pull that off, and you can actually buy five or six calendars for yourself at your price, not the price people will be paying for them, you can actually sell them to these calendar stands, and actually have a little bit of your merchandise act out there in the actual public eye. Uh, the same applies to if you can get some sort of deal with a local clothing set, uh, merchandiser, or even a comic book shop. You know, at that point, they're not only selling your comic books, they're also selling your, you know, your t-shirts and your hats, possibly even your magnets and stickers. In essence, the comic book shop becomes a marketing place for you, or the calendar boutique, or you know, the cute little clothing store. All of those all of a sudden go from just simply being places you're selling stuff to places that are actually marketing your brand. So yeah, you see how you got this really cool circle going on here, you know. You sell the merchandise, people see it, they fall in love with it, fall in love with the webcomic, allows you to get money, webcomic expands, you get more fans, and people buy more stuff, and you get more money, and you, yeah, you, I'm willing to bet at some point somebody's going to like what they're hearing here. So, just remember you need to set yourself up as a business. You need to make decisions on 
what you're going to be selling, and then you need to decide on how you want to sell it. Just because it's on a print-on-demand site doesn't mean that the only place you have to sell it is a print-on-demand site. You can't have links on your website, for example. You can point this out on your Facebook page, so on and so forth. You can do whatever kind of marketing you want to do. So, keep that in mind, and you'll end up having a lot of fun with it. Trust me. And if you can figure out a way to do really well at it, you know, there's nothing but major pluses. Eventually, you might be able to even set up your own convention like you do with Penny Arcade. Yeah, Penny Arcade didn't, isn't just a webcomic. Penny Arcade is a full business that has its own convention. It has its own charity organizations. You can be Penny Arcade. So, just something to keep in mind. Have a good night, and I'll talk to you later.